Hello and welcome to BB on the Record, this podcast from British Bandsman. I'm Mark Good, editor of British Bandsman, and I recently enjoyed a full day of, get this, real live music making. Yes, that's right, brass bands performing on stage. In fact, I was at the Victoria Theatre in Halifax for the Best of Brass Festival, an event organised by IBB Media. The day, which included several world premieres, saw players taking to the stage to play in front of a modest audience in the hall, and it was streamed for people to watch from the comfort and safety of home. Everybody involved was adhering to strict Covid guidelines, and kicking off the day was the JSVB Legacy Ensemble, a group celebrating the heritage of James Shepherd versatile brass. Comprising players from the likes of Black Dyke, Corey and Fodens, it was a star-studded lineup which came together under the baton of David Thornton, and the ensemble wasted no time in showcasing its musical talent. Bugle Call Rack, the sound of the JSVB Legacy Ensemble conducted by David Thornton. That jazz standard dates as far back as the 1920s, but it's been recorded by the likes of Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller and Duke Ellington. 
The piece is one of the works to feature on the first of several albums to have been recorded by the ensemble, which are gradually appearing on the new Downplay Brass Download site. And talking of Duke Ellington, he wrote this piece before recording it with his orchestra in May 1940. Trumpet soloist George Hogg took centre stage with the JSVB Legacy Ensemble in Don't Get Around Much Anymore. Don't Get Around Much Anymore, featuring trumpet soloist George Hogg with the JSVB Legacy Ensemble, and after the performance I caught up with conductor David Thornton, who began by discussing what had been keeping the band busy over the past few weeks. We've been together in a a recording studio, we've recorded just over a hundred tracks uh, in, in, in the last few months, uh, which has been great. I mean, of course, when we started the re- uh, recording sessions, a bit like we were today, actually, because it's a slightly different situation. Well, I say different. We've done it hundreds of times, but just not for the last 15 months. Um, and so the recordings were a great experience and, and coming here today for the first live performance of the ensemble. I think you can sense that... Um, 
I don't know if you call it slightly nervous energy on stage, but you know, when you do a project for the first time, I think it's there. But actually, that's a good thing. That kind of energy, you can feed off that for a performance. And I think um, I'm, I'm delighted with, with the way it went. You know, it's, it's, I think it's only great. And so you should be. What's it been like to work with such a star-studied list of players for this project? Well, it makes things easy for a conductor, <laughs> to, to be honest. You just you put the beat down and it tends to happen, you know? Um, there, was, there was no kind of note bashing, as, 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 we, uh, um, as, as we call it, and very little rehearsals for, for, for the recording. We just kind of got together and, and, and plowed through the stuff. And players like this, when they're so um, talented, so stylistically aware, because the recordings were not just the, uh, the big band stuff, the swing stuff you've heard today. We did recordings of all kinds of genres. Um, so stylistically where, but also with, they play with great individual character as well. And of course that, uh, as, as, um, as a conductor, as a phrase I heard originally, the job of the conductor is to imp musically empower the players. And of course, but when they play with such virtuosity and flair themselves, actually there's not that much empowerment you've got to do. They, you know, you've just got to kind of uh, uh, open the door and let it happen. <laughs> and the ensemble, as you've already mentioned, recently undertook this mammoth recording project yep. and you'll have had to adhere to all sorts of Covid guidelines too and so on in the midst of that. Was that an intense project? Oh, I think intense is an understatement. <laughs> um, so we were working from kind of uh, nine, nine in the morning till sometimes seven at night um, to, to keep the schedule. And, but of course, with, with the various guidelines that we have to follow as well, with breaks and, um, and the distancing as well, it was just, um, like it was great to do. It just didn't make things necessarily easy. So it was, it was just intense, it was, it was hard work, but um, you know, my word, we, we, we enjoyed it. And, and getting, I think it was just the, the, sh the sheer number, the, the, the sheer weight of the material, you know, going from uh, Duke Ellington and Count Basie through to um, more traditional pieces. Um, it, it, was, it was fantastic, you know. Just how much does it really focus the mind when you have a project like this and a limited amount of time in which to get it all done? Well, I think, um, as all of the players involved know, it's all about the preparation. And so, um, not just because uh, but we'd had so long off, I think there was a pressure there to really enjoy the preparation, but just because we knew the intensity of the projects. Um, so we, we were just all turning up pretty much um, prepared, uh, music uh, under our fingers or under the baton or whatever the phrase is, um, and, uh, and it happened. So uh, yes, it was yes, it was intense, yes, it was hard work, but when everyone's prepared, you know, it, 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 it rolls off very nicely. David Thornton reflecting on his experience with the JSVB Legacy Ensemble. Now, like performers throughout the day, members of Wingate's band were delighted to be getting back on stage, as its featured soloist, musical director Paul Andrews picked flugel player Nicola Shaw, who took to the stage with music by Rodney Newton, the delightful Dimitri.
flugelhorn soloist Nicola Shaw, accompanied by Wingate's band Performing Dimitri, music by Rodney Newton. Conducting was Paul Andrews. Throughout the day, bands included pieces which were entwined with their heritage. In Wingate's case, that meant performing the piece with which it triumphed at the British Open Championship in 1975. Fireworks by Elgar Howarth is essentially a young person's guide to the brass band and received a welcome outing in Halifax. Conducting in that day in 1975 at Bellevue was Richard Evans and Dick the Stick took to the stage in the Victoria Theatre in the role of narrator. But if you want to hear that performance, you'll need to subscribe to BrassPass.tv where you'll be able to enjoy the full day of action. After that major work, Wingate turned its attention to the music of Queen in an arrangement by Adam Taylor, the band's associate conductor. The sparkling Millionaire Waltz.
Millionaire Waltz, music from the pen of Freddie Mercury, arranged by Adam Taylor and played by Wingate's band. After the band's performance, conductor Paul Andrews could barely contain his excitement as he reflected on getting back on stage. Not too many bands are getting that opportunity at the moment, so to actually be invited, uh, it, was, it was great for the band. It's given us something, a perspective, something to work for, for and towards. And that's what we've been doing over the last sort of uh, six weeks or so, really. But it's always been about being able to work under the guidelines that we were you know, given. So, so rehearsal time has been difficult because we've had small groups and things like that. So, but we got there in the end. Oh, you, you really did. Among the pieces in the band's programme today was Fireworks, that music by Elgar Howarth. And we know of the wonderful history, its associations with Wingate's band and, and that win at the British Open in 1975. But... This is 2021. How was it preparing the piece? Well, you know, I, I think the piece it, it itself was the catalyst for change in the way that modern day test pieces are actually written now. So therefore, actually, us preparing that piece was very similar to the kind of pieces that we've had to do over the last number of years. So in that way, um, it, was, it was kind of just getting back on the bike, really, to a degree. Um, but you could see even that length of time nearly 50 years ago, how, how clever the writing was. And uh, it, it is, you know, lots of the players in the band have, have said, young people in the band, never heard it before and said, I really like that fireworks, you know? So it, it stands the test of time, doesn't it? And working with you on stage for that piece was a familiar figure in the face of Richard Evans. Tell me about your association, your links with Richard. Oh, we haven't got that long, really, but it goes back to, um, in the early 80s, I joined as a euphonium player to, uh, at uh, Leyland Vehicles Band at the time where Richard was conducting. And uh, I was there for six years. And, um, it, you know, actually, I've always said that it was the best six years of my uh, certain, certainly playing career. And, uh, you know, we, we did everything. We went on tours, we did CDs, well, probably LPs in those days, but there were some CDs that started to come out. And, um, yeah, we, we were, we, you know, we were all over the world and, and played in some fantastic auditoriums as well. So um, I owe a lot to Richard for, you know, the things that he's taught me and, and he's given me that, uh, that platform now to do what I'm doing now as a conductor. Another milestone for the band today, getting back on stage here in Halifax. What's next for Wingate, Paul? Well, I think what, what's difficult is that we've got ourselves out there in our community, and I think that that is the thing that we want to do first. We know that there's going to be kind of restrictions, that getting back into auditoriums are going to be difficult. So what we're going to try to do is get ourselves out into our community and, and do some concerts that, particularly whilst we're coming through the summer, that we can do those outside although it is raining today, as we know, but, um, you know, generally, hopefully we'll do that kind of thing. Um, and, and so just giving our community what they have been missing, really, for the last 18 months. Paul Andrews reflecting on Wingate's band's performance in Halifax. There were several moments of magic during the Best of Brass Festival, but one particular highlight came in the form of a solo recital given by Tom Hutchinson the principal cornet of the world's number one ranked band, The Cory Band. Tom was joined on stage by the outstanding accompanist Ruth Hollick and sparkled from the off in Peter Graham's Glorious Ventures. 
Hornet soloist Tom Hutchinson demonstrating his agile technique in Glorious Ventures, music from Peter Graham, in which he was accompanied by Ruth Hollick. The formidable duo's performance took a reflective turn in music from Hayden Wood, giving Tom an opportunity to showcase the sweetest of cornet sounds in a brown bird singing. Tom Hutchinson delighting on cornet, accompanied by Ruth Hollick performing a brown bird singing. As someone used to a busy schedule of solo and band engagements, Tom found the Covid-enforced shutdown very strange indeed, and chatting after his performance, he compared the break to the world of elite sport. I can equate it to when the footballers started back again last last year. They they were a little bit rusty for a few weeks, and that's how I felt when I picked my cornet up again. But uh, yeah, I think what, once you get into the swing of things, it becomes uh, a little bit more natural again. Tell me your thoughts behind the programme that you pulled together for today's performance. 
part of it was just making sure I could get through it. Um, I didn't want to choose something too taxing. Um, but I think when, when you choose your programme, you need to, to try and find something that's going to please everyone in, 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 in some way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a mix between pieces that I, I like to play and I like to practice and what I think the audience will, will enjoy as well. So um, there was no kind of um, theme as such. It was just a few, a few pieces that I, I thought might, might go down quite well. You've had a busy day today, as you mentioned earlier on, you were playing with the JSVB Legacy Ensemble. How have you enjoyed being part of that project so far? Well, that was really the first project that I had uh, in person, playing live in person um, since since COVID hit. So um, that was a that was a real lifesaver, really, um, uh, not financially, but you know, for, for playing wise, because we, we we were in the midst of it and we had nothing on. So actually, the, the recordings that we did for the James Shepherd Legacy. Um, uh, the, the, the CD is going to be uh, it was just great fun of course all the guys that we, we play with and perform with they're all I'm lucky to call my friends as well so it makes it extra special um, so uh, and of course anything linked with James Shepherd is special in, in its own way and such a, such a great honour to I think I mentioned just even to be in the same room as him um, is, is, is quite something and uh, he's just got a great aura about him hasn't he you're used to such a busy schedule with Cody Band and in all the activities in which you're involved when life as we knew it came to a halt in March 2020, how did that affect you? How did it affect your practice regime and your approach to the cornet? Um, at first, I think I did it differently to what most people did. So I kind of continued playing through lockdown and then it kind of hit a wall when there was literally nothing happening and, and took, took uh, five or six weeks off. I set my, my online shop up, cornetshop.com, during that as well. So that was probably part of the reason that I, I didn't practice. But um, what got me back into it, Mark, was, was fear of not being able to do the stuff that I did before. You know, I, I was kind of afraid that I'd, I'd, I'd either drop back or, or, or drop down if, uh, in, in standard. And um, so that was my motivation to get back. Is, is and, and I always told people that I wanted to go back to the band room no worse than when I, when I left it a year ago. Ideally, I'd like to keep improving and of course when you take a year out what happens well not, not a lot so it's kind of down to you then to, to push it so um, it, to answer your question at first it was um, there was no problem to keep practicing because I was I was in shape but, but then the, the less that you have to perform and to practice for the, the more difficult it becomes to practice and that's been the challenge for, for well, uh, most brass players in, in this pandemic. In some ways was it refreshing to get a bit of a breather? Because that's something you would never normally enjoy. A hundred percent. I mean, um, we, we played through the open piece the other night at band, and I always look you know, through the pages to see if I've got any big solos or if, you know, if I have a, a day off as such. And yeah, this, uh, this, this next coming competition at the open, is, there's not too much in it for me. But over the past few years with Dynasty and Brussels Requiem and, and so forth, there's been so much for Cornet. So I feel that it, it was definitely nice to have a break um, and to just take some of the pressures off away from uh, you know the five or six competitions that we do every year it's like you finish one and then you on to the next one so that was definitely nice but it's it's what I do for, for a hobby and I guess a living as well so yeah I definitely wanted it to start again and it looks like we're getting there now. Tom Hutchinson looking forward to brighter times ahead. Now performing at a festival during these strange times is not without its challenges and Hammond's band epitomised the spirit of the occasion by taking to the stage only hours after three members were forced to self-isolate. Cue some hasty phone calls and further lateral flow tests to ensure there were deputies ready and willing to lend a hand. The band was conducted by its musical director Morgan Griffiths and opened in traditional fashion with the sound of a march.
HMS Trinidad, music by George Lloyd, opening Hammond's Band's programme at the 2021 Best of Brass Festival. Hammond's served up a mouth-watering programme which included the UK premiere of a new arrangement by Paul Hindmarsh of music by Wilfred Heaton, entitled Pilgrim Variations. It also delighted the audience with Eric Ball's classic tone poem, Resurgum. Again, you can watch both of those performances by going to brasspass.tv and subscribing to all the action. One of the performers who had to miss out for Hammonds at the last minute was its principal horn player, Zoe Wright. Step in Helen Varley, who slotted straight into place and found herself in the solo spotlight, performing Sandy Smith's arrangement of The Round Tree.
The beautiful sound of guest tenor horn soloist Helen Varley, accompanied by Hammond's band in that rendition of the melody The Round Tree, arranged by Sandy Smith. Hammond's conductor Morgan Griffiths is no stranger to the stage, having enjoyed a lengthy performing career in addition to his success with the baton, but even he admitted getting back on stage took some getting used to. It was absolutely amazing just to be playing again, you know, back in that atmosphere of a hall again. It's been such a long time now. It's, it's really, you forget what that atmosphere is like. And I mean, it's, we're actually quite, quite nervous, I guess, before we went on, because it's been such a long time since we've done this, you know, something we've done all our lives, really, and then all of a sudden we haven't done for sort of eight, 16 months. So just getting back on a concert stage again is just amazing. Lots of special moments in the programme today, and one of which was giving the UK premiere mm. of an adaptation or arrangement by Paul Heinmarsh of this music by uh, Wilfred Heaton, yes. Pilgrim Variations. Tell me how you came to be performing that work. It's a work I actually heard, the, the premiere performance was given by uh, Ikanga Biosvik um, over the lockdown and actually heard it then because uh, on, uh, on Soundclan I think it was, it was a wonderful um, performance and straight away I just loved the music. I mean, it's my, I mean I'm a big Ray Fawn Williams fan anyway, that's one of my favourite composers so that resonated with him and all the harmonies and, and Wilfred Heaton is just such a fantastic composer. I mean straight away suddenly we start the piece. It's just an amazing piece of music to conduct and to play. It's very simple but what he actually does with the music is just amazing how he actually we saw little things on the score but he just makes such a wonderful piece of music out of it. So how delighted were you to be able to bring it to the stage today for its UK premiere? It's been wonderful because it's nice to actually do the first performance of it because I know it's a piece that will get played a lot because it's one the band really, really enjoyed playing. You know, straight away as soon as we played it, everyone's see the smile on people's faces just playing that music. It's just so good and I know it will be played, will be played a lot as well, I'm sure, in the UK. So today is another milestone, hopefully, mm. in the band's return to some form of normality. Tell me, what does the route back look like for Hammonds over the past few weeks? Well, I mean, we started back just rehearsing once a week, once we could actually start back um, after the lockdown. Um, and then we've just gradually built that back up to a couple of times a week, obviously up to this, this festival now, which in one way it's been nice. It's nice to have something to work towards, just coming back. To, so that, that's really what we've done. And then we've just, just built the rehearsals up as we've gone along. After all this time without concerts, without competitions, did this help focus the mind, I guess, a little bit? Absolutely, yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, bands work best when they've got something to work towards, absolutely. And it, it's, you know, I mean, if we didn't do these things, we, would, we wouldn't make that progress. It's like competitions, it really pushes bands forward, and that's why bands are so good, because they have that competition, and that's the same with this. It's having that end goal of a great performance at the end, which is, which is fantastic for us, yeah. So here we are on stage today in Halifax. What's next for the band? Next, well, it's, it depends what happens with the, the British Open and things like that. That's the next thing, really. And then we've got some outdoor concerts. We've got um, some, the Stokesley Show, which is an outdoor event. And then quite a lot of concerts, hopefully, in the, in the autumn, yeah. So that's, that's what we're looking forward to now. But, I mean, obviously, the British Open's the next, next big thing. The sound of Morgan Griffiths, who was extremely grateful to some last-minute helpers for assisting with Hammond's band's performance. We've heard from one of those players already, in the shape of Helen Varley, 
and she admitted her weekend should have been taking a very different turn. I had a, I had a weekend of decorating planned um, and got a call at 10 o'clock last night to say unfortunately uh, the solo home player Zoe Wright had, uh, had to isolate which is such a shame because I know she was really looking forward to, to playing the solo you know so an, an honour to step in and, and such a shame that she wasn't here to, to do that but you know what a fantastic job the band have done I think rising to the challenges that they've had to suddenly cope with with all these you know sort of players soloists isolating at the last minute they've really uh, really did a fantastic job I thought. It's very much the theme of these past few weeks and months isn't it overcoming all those obstacles overcoming those hurdles. You were a featured soloist, you got to play the Rowan Tree today, that arrangement by Sandy Smith. How did you enjoy getting that unexpected trip on the solo stage? Oh, it's just, it's just terrific. I mean, you, you can't you know that you build up this expectation of getting back onto stage don't you but none of us really know what it's going to be like until we actually get there and we start playing and it, it's just you know it's just a delight you know there's challenges because we're sat so far apart and you know the bell covers make it incredibly difficult dynamically in terms of tuning but just being on stage and being able to celebrate you know the, the music that we're making again you know it's it's, it's wonderful to be back I think. Purely because of the time constraints we talked about that were upon you in the band, did you get much of a chance to communicate about much today or was it straight in there? We had, we had a very quick rehearsal this morning um, and then um, due to other things as well, it was a bit of a rush to get, get on stage. So unexpected challenges all, all, the, all the way along really, but you know, all, all dealt with very well I thought. Very much so. And how have these past 15 months or so looked for you, Helen? I guess it's a story that many bands people can relate to. Yeah, it's, it's been very, very mixed. Um, I'm a teacher. I actually work with, with Morgan at Bradford Music Service and also Jamie Smith, who was playing Principal Cornet today as well, who stepped in for my brother, who should have been playing Solo Cornet. Um, so um, we, we all work at Bradford Music Service. It's been incredibly busy. We've been very lucky. We've, we've kept things going, um, which, is, which is fantastic. But we've all missed the performing. You know, that's, at the end of the day, that's why we become musicians because we, we enjoy making music. Helen Varley reflecting on her performance with Hammond's band and the unprecedented times of the past few months. Now the final band to perform at this 2021 Best of Brass Festival was Black Dyke, conducted by its musical director, Nicholas Childs. And it's fair to say the Queensbury band meant business. Principal trombonist Brett Baker, who's enjoyed more than 20 years of association with Black Dyke, featured in the world premiere in this form of a new trombone concerto by Philip Wilby entitled Light Fantastic. A stonking performance from a brilliant soloist accompanied by an excellent band performing music by a composer of the highest order. Dyke also turned its attention to another world premiere. A concise work from the pen of Percy Fletcher, adapted for band by Robert Childs and entitled Andante and Scherzo.
and Dante and Scherzo, music by Percy Fletcher, arranged by Robert Child, and given its world premiere by Black Dyke Band at the Best of Brass Festival in Halifax. Black Dyke's programme showcased some heavyweight composers and included a performance of The Little Sweet for Brass No. 1 by Sir Malcolm Arnold in the centenary of his birth. To conclude though, it turned its attention to a piece of music with which it produced a legendary performance in 1985 when it won on the piece at the National Brass Band Championships of Great Britain conducted by Major Peter Parks. John McCabe's Cloud Catcher Fails.
Thank <laughs> you. 
A thundering conclusion to Black Dyke's programme at the 2021 Best of Brass Festival. Cloud Catcher Fells Music by John McCabe, performed by the Queensbury Band under the baton of Nicholas Childs. It brought down the cartoon on a busy day of music making, and one which Nick Childs was buzzing about when I caught up with him after Black Dyke's performance. You know, it's, there's no point in having rehearsals if you haven't got something to practice for. And so, you know, an opportunity of this festival uh, was a great opportunity. Uh, we all know it has its challenges, but as long as challenges don't become problems, then we can all work through them. And that, I think, is some of the best band training I'll ever have to do, because we're sitting so spaciously. Uh, we have the bell covers to, to uh, let's say, um, get through. And they did. And you know why? Because you, you, you just have to. We all, we all want to move on, and, uh, but unless you're in it, you can't change it. And I'd like to think, now that uh, we see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, whoa, this is getting really good. And what a, what a great festival. Thank you to Martin and Brass Pass for putting it on. And another milestone for the band today and for your principal trombone player, Brett Baker, yes. performing Light Fantastic by Philip Wilby. How pleased are you to have brought that piece to fruition? Again, if we had not the opportunity of the festival, when would we have played it next? And so to have Philip Wilby in the audience, the commissioners uh, with him, and Brett playing like that, well, he's, uh, he's a star man. I, I never, although he's been in the band now the best part of 20 years, uh, I never take him for granted because he really is a fantastic player. Tell me what it's been like. Black Dyke Band usually enjoys this incredibly busy schedule and of course in March 2020, life as we knew it changed. What has it been like? I mean, was it strange for you personally, not having the usual activities? It was. I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm one of the most busiest conductors in the world, and I became one of the most redundant. I guess it must be going like into a, a desert and looking for your first glass of water. And uh, today for us, uh, although we've been doing some uh, lovely concerts, bandstand tours as we, as we go around, this was really meaningful. And so to play real great music, and uh, I can hear with your, your uh, Scottish accent, uh, you know, the first piece was commissioned for the National Youth Band of Scotland, Geoffrey Brand, and so great to say hello to, to Geoffrey and to say thank you to Sir Malcolm. But um, unless we have these concerts, we can't practice. And um, it's, it's given us real focus, I would say, for the last three weeks. Um, we're proud of our band room in Queensbury, but I've got to say at the moment, we haven't visited yet because um, it's not big enough. And uh, we knew what it was going to be like here in, in Halifax, being very spaciously, and it's a, it's a theatre. And so it's great for the spoken word. You have to work really hard as a brass player. But um, loved every moment. And I could tell from the reaction of the players, they also did. And so it gives us a, a little kickstart now as we, as we be careful going forward. Well, we can see you're charting a course with your summer bandstand tours, the performance at Best of Brass today. Okay. How will things take shape now from, well, here on until the British Open? Well, of course, so we've been playing some lighter music, getting used to each other again, and finding out the procedures that we, we need to do. And the, 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 it's just the new, new. And so the bandstand tour has, has helped us communicate to lots of other people and also help other community bands to join us. But to come here and play, uh, if I dare say, the real, the real music, John McKay, Philip Willoughby, uh, Sir Malcolm Arnold, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. So it gives us real focus and um, I, I hope this will be a regular thing on Brass Pass. Black Dyke Band's Nicholas Childs, reflecting on the 2021 Best of Brass Festival. Black Dyke's performance closed a busy day at the Victoria Theatre in Halifax, an event which had been brought to the stage by BrassPass.tv's Martin Jernan, who was delighted with how things had taken shape. 
It's, it's been fabulous, actually. It's been um, after a really stressful and, <laughs> and a hard week. Um, today's gone like a dream. The bands have done us proud. Absolutely done us proud. Um, from the first note this morning to the last note of Hammond's, um, I, I've just loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I think the, the whole audience has loved it. The online audience have loved it. The comments that we're getting in, that how wonderful it is just to see live music back again. It makes all that stress absolutely worthwhile. So I'm a very proud man. We started with the JS Phoebe Legacy on yes. song this morning. <laughs> what a sound, what a way to start the day. You've spearheaded that project. So was it nice to just hear them playing live? Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, the, um, uh, the recordings uh, project that we did with them, which was twofold, one to do a whole new set of sheet music because as we come out of COVID, smaller ensemble playing is going to be coming more to the fore it's more important people have got a lack of space so so part of it was that we needed to do some more smaller ensemble work but then when the idea of doing this tribute to james shepherd and the versatile brass came about and the players that we gathered around that recording stand was fantastic and it took them 10 minutes to gel into a cohesive harmonious ensemble and from there on in it was just a joy to listen to and it's been a joy to produce as well uh the first two albums are out now they've had a great uh review great reaction from the public and uh, we've got another six albums still to come out which are still being produced but the sound that the guys made this morning was just incredible it's one thing doing a recording and mixing it and producing it and having it come out in a certain way but when you've got the talent of players that we had in there and they can reproduce that live on stage again in what is a very dry acoustic on there as well was just brilliant it's really like a, a fantasy league of brass players isn't it really and then you have david thornton at the helm well D David was uh, not a revelation, but I, I think he was one of the keys of the success of it because it's fine, you take a Premier League football team, you still need the right manager in the middle to gel them all together. And David has this wonderful knack with people. He's a terrific musician, but he lets them get on with it. And he only intervenes when he has to. So he kept all the recording sessions just flowing and crisp and it kept everybody's interest levels up because you know, to record over four weekends 100 tracks it's mentally very very tough and he, he was just terrific at that but all the players responded as well so brilliant and on a, a serious note as we look at today's festival we know there have been challenges there have been hurdles along the way but yeah. what sort of practicalities have been in place for the bands what sorts of measures has everyone had to undertake well strict, strict measures and um, you know, we, we won't hide the elephant in the room that uh, we had two bands withdraw because they didn't want to use bell covers but I think you've heard from the, the bands who have played today it's not made that much of a difference to the overall sound and yes if you're not used to it it takes a little bit of getting used to but it's not been to the detriment I think of the uh, of the festival whatsoever but all the players who've come today um, they've 
all had to do lateral flow tests yesterday and have a negative result. They've had to do self-declarations, they've had temperature checks when they came in. Uh, everybody's been socially distanced. You've seen how we've been sanitising the stage between performances and keeping everything uh, separated through. So I think we've done everything that's been asked of us, everything to run a safe event, first of all, um, but still make an enjoyable event, not only for the audience, but also for the bands as well. And for the bands who aren't here, who chose not to do, I think it's their loss. Well, it's, it's been a great celebration of live music making today. It's just yeah. been wonderful to have people in the room making music, an audience in the hall and mm. people watching yeah. at home as well. In normal times, we may have expected the BrassPass.TV Band of the Year contest. Yes. So yeah. how does the future look for that event? Well, that's now moved to its reserve date of the 30th of October, and that's all confirmed. That's at the uh, Albert Halls in Bolton. And um, uh, we've got, uh, I think it's either 11 or 12 of the top bands uh, in the UK there. Um, and again, great prize money, great format. And I think that's the bit that bands and audience like about that, that it showcases what bands can do, not what they're limited on doing on, on a set test piece or what they can't do against a set test piece. They play to the strengths, they enjoy it, the audience enjoys it and it's um, quickly becoming one of the banding events of the year. So just finally Martin, are you looking forward then with a, a spring in your step to the months ahead? I always am, I always am and I'm, I've always marked been, as, as you probably know, I'm a, I'm a glass half full person rather than glass half empty and um, in every problem there's, there's a solution and that's what we've tried to do. Uh, we've been terrifically busy during lockdown. Uh, we put 26 episodes of the In the Spotlight solo recycle series together. We put all this James Shepherd versatile brass series together. Uh, we've got recording projects and filming projects outside of the banding world, which uh, are now taking a, a lot of our time up. And the future is, is looking very bright. And uh, I just hope against hope that uh, we all get back to, to live music playing soon and uh, that bands can do what they, they love to do. I, I think the road ahead is going to be tough, particularly for the next 12 to 18 months in terms of how bands are going to raise money and how they're going to look after the finances and how they're going to keep the players interested and keep the momentum going. It's all too easy when you have 15 months off to become gardeners and uh, you know forget uh, the time commitment and the player commitment that, that you need to, uh, to play in bands these days. So, so yeah, the, um, we, we do what we can and um, uh, we're happy with what we've done over the last 18 months and um, uh, the next 12 months to two years is looking very busy so so yeah it's great and uh, uh, I just want to put on record myself my thanks to all the bands and all the performers who turned out today um, I've had a lump in my throat all day with, with every performance and uh, it's just been terrific Raspass.tv and IBB Media's Martin Jernin reflecting on a busy day of music making in Halifax. Well, that's it for this episode of BB On The Record. Thank you so much for listening. Don't worry if you missed out on the Best of Brass Festival. You can watch the full day of action by subscribing to BrassPass.tv. Log on now to ensure you don't miss out. Do get in touch about anything you might have heard on the podcast. You can email info at britishbandsman.com. 
you can enjoy a digital subscription to British Bandsman. It costs just £42.99 for one year. As for this podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Or just ask your smart speaker to play the BB On The Record podcast. Join me next time on BB On The Record. Bye for now.